0: Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and as usual I'm joined by Scott McDermott. It's an interesting one for us today as we look back over Rangers 2-1 defeat at Tynecastle by Hearts. Uh, loads to talk about from that game. We'll also touch on some of the transfer news uh, with the record's breaking story last night that both Brandon Barker and Jermaine... and Jermaine? Jordan Jones even. I can't say Jermaine anyway. Jermaine. Jermaine. <laughs> Jermaine. <laughs> uh, uh, Jermaine, but it's not Jermaine, it's Jordan, Jordan Jones, and of course, any other transfer gossip that might be floating about. On top of that, we'll answer your questions from Twitter. Scott, let's start off with the elephant in the room, the 2-1 defeat at Tynecastle. It felt like it came out of nowhere. That performance was dreadful, but let's be honest, it didn't come out of nowhere. Rangers have had two games since the winter break. They have looked sluggish in both of those games. We had a wee chat on WhatsApp where I suggested that possibly this may be a result of the, the way they're addressing this mini preseason. Jordan Milsom is the fitness coach in there and he's obviously devised a a, a platform for these players to get their fitness to a level that will last them throughout the whole of the season. I think we saw last year, that it worked in that towards the end of the season in those last six or seven games, Rangers looked incredibly fit, incredibly switched on, and you wonder if that is the way they've designed it so that it's a it's a slow build up in terms of the fitness. The thing, the, the reason I think that Scott is because this is the second some this is the second winter in a row we've had a break, they've come back and they've just absolutely not looked themselves. They've looked tired, they've looked sluggish, and. There's not been that spark about the play that yeah. there was before they went off in the break. You, you take a different view.
1: I, I just, I don't, I can see where you're coming from, Johnny. But I, I don't think they looked unfit in the game on Sunday. I don't think they looked as if they were struggling for fitness. No, they're playing against a Hearts team who are. No, rock bottom in the league. Morale at, at rock bottom, albeit they've, they've had a lift the last couple of weeks for the manager. You know, talk about guys like Stephen Naismith just coming back for injury. John Souter coming back for injury. Liam Boyce, who clearly wasn't 100% fit. Sibic, who came in for Barnsley, hardly played all season. So, I refuse to accept that, that fitness was the issue um, on Sunday. Um, I, th- I think it's far more to do with mentality and attitude, not get not winning second balls, um not realising what type of game uh, you were going to be in for. Uh just not at it, basically. A bit bit blasé, a bit complacent. They've struggled at Timecastle already this season. Uh, you thought they would have learnt their lesson for that. Stephen Gerrard was at Payne's last week, uh, when asked about it, to say the players have been prepared for anything that's going to come their way at Tinker, so we know what type of game it is. Irrespective of whether hearts go direct and long like they did under Craig Levine, or whether they go for this kind of high press and trying to play out for the back uh, under Stendo, he said the players would be ready for anything. And I'm sorry, but they weren't. I mean, they were they were so far off it uh, in certain spells of that game. I thought there was a slackness, right for the off, um players giving the ball away needlessly, players making poor decisions. Um and I think the warning signs were there from early on in that game that it was going to be a it was going to be a struggle for Rangers. And you no, know, Gerald summed it up pretty well after the game, though no, he was pretty scathing about it. I think it was well within his rights to be that way because looking at him I think he'll feel that the players, probably for the first time in his tenure, really let him down in that game.
0: I watched the game, Scott, and I felt like I was watching a team that was playing with Alfredo Morelos and James Tavernier. But neither were there. Yeah, You've got John Flanagan, who's going to get a lot of stick. And I've seen on social media, Rangers fans singling him out. Rightly, he had a very, very poor game. But I think we both think that John Flanagan is actually quite a useful player to have in the squad. Defensively solid, you know, a guy who loves to get stuck in, a guy who I don't think you can question his mentality. But at the same time, he's not going to be a natural like-for-like like swap for Tavernier. He's not going to give you that, that outlet on the, the right-hand side. And what that means is, if you're playing the same way as you would with Tavernier, teams are going to overload Barisic and Kent, double double mark them, put a lot of players over that side and try and funnel Rangers possession down the right way or Under John Flanagan, they're not going to have that same kind of attacking penetration. And it's the same in terms of the balls you're going to give to Defoe. You can't give him the kind of balls you're going to give Alfredo Morelos. Because with Morelos up there, you can give uh, 50 or 60% off balls. Because the guy is so good, he can hold the ball in, he can run down the channels, he can stretch you. He can basically do just about everything that you'd want from a modern forward. Jeremy Defoe is not that kind of player. No. He needs the ball in about his feet. He needs a player close to him. That's why Arfield was so good with Jeremy Defoe when towards you're, the end
1: of last season. I, you're right. Um they didn't change the way they played despite having different personnel. I agree with you, in particular with the case of Morelos, because <coughs> excuse me, we seen in the old firm game at Ibrooks earlier in the season when Celtic went for that real high press and Rangers back, and Rangers couldn't deal with it. And we said at the time, part of the reason they couldn't deal with it was there was no outball. Morelos gives you a brilliant outball. If you can't play out through the press, you can be direct and hit Morelos and get you up the pitch, get players up the pitch beside them. Um, they can't do that with the four in the team. They need to play a different way. I agree with you. Arfield's best spare in the team, um, and arguably Rangers' best spell under Gerrard towards the end of last season, uh, when they won an old-firm game uh, at Ibrooks was getting Arfield in close to Defoe, almost playing off him as a, as a second striker. Aribo doesn't do that, doesn't get anywhere near close to him enough, Um uh, his natural inclination is to drop back yeah exactly and pick up the ball I mean that was his Try problem
0: when he was playing in central midfield yeah. never mind up uh, exactly in the f- the forward areas and
1: Kent has been given such freedom that Kent goes everywhere now no, one minute you'll see him on the right next minute he'll be dropping deep into central midfield he can hug the left flank but he doesn't just go in there as a as a second auxiliary striker to the foe um, in terms of Flanagan Listen, I think Flanagan is a decent squad player. He's not going to be anything like James Tavernier going forward. You you know that. Um, But again, I think that's where Rangers have to change the game. If they know... They can't go down that right-hand side. They're not going to get that joy, the right-hand side. We'll do something different. No, you need to play a different way. You need to either maybe get Barisic further up on the left-hand side and actually just leave Flanagan almost as a, uh, almost as a, a full-back, no, a proper full-back and a, and a back four. Um, I, I, but I'll like, tell you what I would
0: do, Scott. I, I'd put Kent on the right if Flanagan's playing on the right yeah. and say right, today, Ryan, you're going to play as a white player. You're not going to do all this yep. cutting in, moving around, dragging players over the place. Then you've got Kent on one side and Barisic on the other. Yep. And you've got that kind of lopsided formation Water Smith used so well when he had Alan Hutton at right back on the right, obviously, and on the left you had Demarcus Beasley. Yep. And they had Papach at left back, who wasn't going to go forward. Yep. He, he weighted the team, Walter Smith, so he had that. That's how I would approach
1: it. Yeah, you're right. But, but we're saying all this, Johnny, and ultimately... Like Stephen Gerrard said, the reason Rangers lost the game was because they were outfought, no, outrushed, outran, you name it, they just weren't at it. Which given what's at stake this season, no, given what Rangers achieved at Celtic Park before the, the winter break, um, given the fact that in this well, what's gonna be an intense ding dong of a title race for them to go there with that attitude, um well, Gerard said it himself, he was he was shocked by it. I mean listen, from when I started watching football no thirty years ago thirty years ago, it's been difficult going to Tynecastle for Rangers and Celtic It is the same type of game nine times out of ten. It is a battle, it is a fight. It doesn't matter how many good footballers you've got in your team, it's tight, they're on top of you, the crowd are on top of you. If you don't win that physical battle, if you don't accept that you need to get embroiled in a fight and go and win that fight first and foremost, you've got no chance. If Rangers would have been up to it physically and won that battle early on, no, like Gerard says, winning first balls, winning second balls, even if their play in possession was scrappy, eventually the, the talent that Rangers have got would have come through. Rangers have got far better players than... Hearts hearts are sitting at the bottom of the league you no know, a reason in terms of how they've been how they've been playing rangers you no know, what rangers have done in europe what they did in the last old firm game it should have been if, it should have been far too much for hearts if rangers had matched that intensity that aggression you no know, that desire to go and win uh, going and win second balls win tackles eventually the their ability would have, would have came through, as it did with the, opening, with the opening goal.
0: They lost the midfield battle. I think there's no doubt in that. Yeah. And, and here's my concern, Scott. I'll put to you a theory that I'm developing. It's half developed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, so I'm going to expect you to pull it apart. But I remember Walter Smith always used to talk about strength and depth at Rangers. And it's not even about when someone's injured and someone else comes in. It was about driving the guy in front of you on to better performances, because they knew... There was an international class guy behind you waiting to take your place. Now, in the central midfield areas for Rangers, they've been brilliant. Let's not deny it. Let's not throw throw the baby out with the bathwater. Despite this performance overall, central midfield players, Kamara, Jack um, and uh, Davis have been very, very good. My concern is Andy King's gone out the door, an international player is uh, about to go out the door by the looks of things, uh, a guy who I think we we know is a very, very good player at Premiership level. Is there a danger that you, you lose that competition and all of a sudden people go, oof, right, listen, I don't have the same level of competition hanging over my head here.
1: Well, listen, even if they guys go, they've still got five quality first choice, you know, first team central midfielders and Davis, Kamara, Jack, Aribo and Arfield They're all natural central midfield players I respect where Arfield and Aribo Have been playing So I mean that's decent Kind of strength and depth Obviously you've got other guys like Polster and Halliday and that Who can, who can play in there um, If need be um, The question is Do those five Give you enough in terms of variation um, In terms of What we've spoke about on here No for what seems like forever in terms of a guy middle to front who's going to go and create things when you really need them, when when a game is tight like that. We've spoken about it for for so long. I think Aribo in the summer was brought in specifically to do that job. And let's be honest, we all think he's a very good player. We all think it was a, a, a coup for Rangers to get him for the price that they did. And he's still young, no, he's still a developing player. But has he been the answer? No, to that kind of creative spark for for middle to front, I don't think so. I mean, his goals and assists so will, will show that. Even though it was a it was a lovely layoff for Kent's goal on on Sunday. So we go back to the age old argument. No, do they need somebody else middle to front to to go and go and create that? That's the big question between now and Friday when the transfer window closes. Rangers have that problem
0: that I suppose clubs, uh, lesser clubs in terms of their size in the Premiership have had for a number of years is that you get a decent player and then they're likely to move on, which means you've got to replace them, but uh, you might have another player coming in who does really well. So the example that I would use is Joe Aribo might well come on to a better game next season, but by that time Alfredo Morelos is gone. Yeah. So you're solving one problem but another one crops up. What yep. you really need is Joe Aribo to be next season's Joe Aribo now. Yeah. Because he, having a player like Alfredo Morelos at Rangers, this might get me in a little bit of trouble, but I think he is a once-in-a-generation type striker for Rangers. Yeah. There's not many times you're going to get a guy who is on nearly 30 goals in December. So if you've got someone like that, that that's irreplaceable, a, that's a frankly. You know, yeah. Look at Edward. At Celtic now, people are going on and on about odds Nedwar and what he gives and how much he's going to be worth, and he's going to go for thirty-five million French under twenty-one international. He's got twenty goals. Yeah, he's nearly scored ten goals less than Morelos.
1: Yeah. So, but but the difference is Celtic if someone like Christie, for instance, who's what, what's he at now? No. Yeah. Nearly 13, 20. 14 yeah, goals yeah. this season for midfield. Rangers don't have that. I'm afraid. I mean, Arfield threatened that at the end of last season playing in that kind of inverted wide role getting close to a striker and you thought that's how they would start
0: The way Rangers are set up though I don't think you're going to expect those goals from midfield like if you look at Liverpool and I know I keep going on about this comparison you're You're not going to get the goals from Jordan Henderson it needs to come from Kent and whoever's playing alongside. And
1: Listen Kent, we all know what Kent can do they showed that again on Sunday with with his goal even though he should have scored in the first half We all believe Kent will eventually start hitting the numbers for assists and goals. That side of the pitch is fine if he's going to be a left-sided attacker of the three. Morelos is obviously not exceeding expectations. But you're not getting enough for the right-sided guy, whoever that might be just now. Whether it's Aribo, Arfield, Ojo, Barker, you name it. Um, And that's where they need to improve on again.
0: There's a counter-argument, Scott, that if you look at the game rationally and just watch the, the, the chances that were taken and not taken in the game, Rangers had two or three very, very good chances before they even scored their opening goal. Yeah. Let's be honest, Joe Aribo, he's got to really hit the target there yeah, going through Kent, one-on-one.
1: Kent and Aribo have to score. Kent half. has to score.
0: That's... So, so, arguably, take that in account, Rangers were causing them all sorts of problems with balls over the top. And obviously, you've got that high-press in play for Hearts, which I think will cause them all sorts of problems as the season goes on. Uh, They'll have to match that level of intensity to to get the same kind of results, even against other teams. But that's a different podcast and a different story. Um, But Hearts themselves did not have a lot of chances. I, I wasn't thinking Alan McGregor made a number of saves or Liam Boyce had a number of good chances that he missed. No. And the two goals that Hearts did score, you know, the first one is a disastrous giveaway of the ball by Glenn Kamara. It's a very good cutback, but then Conor Goldson loses his foot in and falls yeah. over. He would have been there to stop Stephen Naismith putting that in. <laughs> and then the second goal, I mean, it's a, just a, a catalogue of errors that ends with a wicked deflection yeah. of somebody's
1: foot. But it's just a bit slackness, Johnny. It's, this, it's the same. The two goals come for the same kind of slackness that was on show for the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. And that's how... You know, I Rangers created a couple of guilt edge chances that they should have taken. But in general play there was a slackness, there was a um no there's a kind of laziness about it about getting to the ball about doing things quickly, you know. It just and you always felt watching the game that if Rangers, once Rangers didn't take those couple of chances at some point in this game if they continue in this vein uh with this kind of sloppy play it's going to cost them. The first goal Kamara Who I thought Had an absolute nightmare On Sunday I have to say And I know we've Joked on here before yeah. About you know, times I've been uh, A wee bit critical of him But I mean my god He was so far off it. He, um, he
0: does not excel In the heat of the battle No
1: If it wasn't for Ryan Jack's injury I think Kamara Would have came off At half time And Jack would have, would have Stayed on yeah. Eventually he did Come off later in the game What he was doing At the first goal I've got no idea I mean you speak to players or you watch games, you're lucky if you get two or three touches at Tynecastle because you've got three guys hounding you. He must have taken about 12 touches before, uh, I think it was Halkett actually nipped in and and, uh, got the ball to Boyce. So, I mean, that was terrible. The second goal, again, slack. I mean, I think Davis's clearance is slack as well. Kind of swings a leg at the clearance Go straight to Boyce who once Boyce had initially played the, the first pass, cross field. Nobody bothers picking them up. Everybody gets drawn into the box into the ball. When he does get it, Aribo's not chops, close enough. He chops on Aribo. Aribo again, lazy, slack, sticks a leg out, gets turned inside out in the in the box. And listen, you could even argue the guy's going to close down the shot. No putting blame on Barisic specifically, although it hits off him, but there wasn't exactly a charge of bodies getting out there to throw themselves in front of it. You're right, the two goals, no, they weren't classic goals, they were for Rangers errors, a wee bit of luck with the deflection for Hearts, but I just think in general play, no, that kind of thing was coming. And listen, if, if your argument was right that in actual fact, you know, the game wasn't too bad. The Rangers missed chances. Hearts got a wee bit of luck with theirs. Stephen Gerrard would have come out and said that full time. No, I, 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 I suppose my point is, I think he's a little being a
0: little unfair, but I think he's right to be harsh on them. Yeah. I don't think Hearts deserve to win the game. I, I'll, I'll, I'll stand up to anyone who says that. I don't think Hearts had control over that game at any point. I know they had a slightly more possession... But Hearts went out think to break. Rangers, Rangers did No, they didn't. Neither team did. Point. The game was totally broken from a tactical point of view. Yeah. It was, uh, the game was largely played over about 25 yards in the middle of the field. Yeah. And it was just mistake after mistake after mistake. Because Tyne Castle is very narrow and all the play was going through the centre. And it was really about who was going to, well, if Rangers could uh, basically break through Hearts' high yeah. line. The, the, or if Hearts were going to be able to get balls in the box and cause Rangers problems. The,
1: the other criticism of Rangers' performance is that after going a goal up and scoring a brilliant goal, you have to say, in the, the counter-attack, yeah. that should have been the game finished. They should have been able to see that out. But they had just allowed themselves to get drawn back into this well, it, slackness and... It was no. another
0: situation where Rangers went massively on top for about 10 minutes after they scored the goal. Yeah. Heart, I said aloud, and several people on the desk agreed with me watching it here at the record offices. Rangers have got them on the rack here. Hearts are there for the taking, but Rangers need to get another goal because yep. if it goes 15-20, we've seen this movie before where Rangers will be struggling, and then Hearts will look to hit Smith and Boyce, who it was obvious we're going to cause Katic and Goldson problems. Because, let's face it, they're as good as you're probably going to face outside of Celtic in yeah. Scotland. If fit and on it, he, he's terrific. Yeah. He's Scotland's number one striker for a reason. And Boyce, uh, I was really impressed by Boyce. I think yeah. if that's him half fit, I think he'll be a really good signing for them.
1: Do, do you think a, there was an argument at 1-0, one stranger score, and then maybe 5-10 minutes, don't get another one? To put like Edmondson on off the bench just to sit in the middle of the park, and as you say, if the game is so scrappy and broken like that, just dig it out. Yeah. I mean, just grind it out. And, yeah. and Kamara was having a nightmare, Davis wasn't playing well. Um, I just wondered whether you no know, Edmondson. I know it was very late on it at Celtic Park, obviously when Rangers were winning, he threw Edmondson on just to just to defend. But I just wonder, Edmondson's actually very good in the ball. You could have stuck him as that anchor man yeah. in midfield just to try and stop Hearts' attacks, and give you a bit more aerial uh, strength in there as well. Listen, it's just it's, it was just a thought.
0: You, I, no, I think it's a good one. My, my last point. I just want to make this point before we change the subject and go into something else because we've been talking about this for twenty five minutes is just the fact that there was this lack of response to Hart's second goal. Yep. I know it was quite late in the game, but you would expect at that point it to be like the Alamo. Yeah, And we've seen this so many times with Rangers under Steven yep. Gerrard. I agree. And it's very, very frustrating because the manager himself, that's not representative, representative of his character. No. It's certainly not as a player. And it's something you see from Celtic all the time. If they're a goal down, they are... At it yeah. They are all over you They're shelling the box They're attacking And going for a goal And you always think With Celtic You just have to look back To that Hamilton game Right Hamilton get an equaliser In the exactly. next minute Everyone looks at each other And goes yeah but Celtic Are still going to get another one yeah. And that's what they do They shelled so. them The Rangers
1: So often we've seen uh, <laughs> Lack of urgency Yeah Lack of urgency Many times have we spoken about that In the last in the last eighteen months, um, they, they
0: struggle with a plan B
1: in those situations. Yeah, and listen, I think part of that might even come from what you touched on um, in terms of lack of strength and depth. Because I think a lot of times Rangers don't get enough for their substitutes coming coming on, particularly late in games, particularly attacking substitutes like like Ojo <laughs> coming on in in Sunday. Who, I mean, the chance that the chance that uh, the four got was for a deflection off a chance that that Ojo had and again just they got in each other's way but just talking about that that slackness and Ojo was like so casual that was a brilliant chance for Rangers in the the counter attack when they they dispossessed hearts and got like in a 3v2 at the back Ojo had the chance to go and take it and get a strike away again he takes four touches trying to come in field gets blocked uh, his attempted shot gets blocked and it falls to Defoe and Defoe should have obviously done better and hit the hit the target but again guys like Ojo coming off the bench I'm sorry just no doing enough for Gerrard and listen I, I said to Stephen Gerrard last week at a press conference whether or I asked him whether the Stranra and the saint Mirren game had made him think again about changes thinking about getting another attack-minded player in before the window shut. And he basically said, well, I've got two attacking players coming back. I've got Morelos and Greg Stewart to come in. And he's right. No, you, may- you need to remember these guys are missing, but is it going to be enough? I- I'm not sure. When you look at where the likes of Barker and Ojo and Jordan Jones, I know we'll speak about, look at where they are in terms of what they're contributing you might need something extra.
0: Just on Ojo, I noticed there's a lot of criticism. I and mean, listen, he's a young lad, and, and I don't really want to add to it by being too hard on him. But at the same time, what has he actually given Rangers in the no. last three months? I mean, I think he had a very good start. And he showed that he, he can score a goal, he can set up a goal. But beyond that first maybe four or five weeks, he's had that one moment against Feyenoord where he had a terrific hit of the ball. Yep but that was his only real moment in that game yeah and apart from that he's just not offering much is, is there a reason why Gerrard wouldn't be considering a Liverpool return for him or
1: am i missing something well given the numbers he's got i don't think he'll be returning to Liverpool i think he'll want to at least keep him keep him around the place to give him another option he is quick you no know, he can play in that right hand side that's where he's naturally uh, that's where he naturally wants to play because he cuts in on the left I thought the early signs were pretty good. I thought that's exactly what he would do. He would give Rangers real pace on the right, but always wanted to come in field and get shots away with, with, with the left foot, which, which Gerard wants with the kind of with inverted wingers. But you're right. Listen, there's no point. Uh, no, there's no point beating about the bush. Apart from that goal against Feyenoord, he's contributed uh, very little. He's kind of fallen into the. The Ovi Ajaria mould uh, last season, where initially, in you know, a couple of European games, and that looked apart, looked as if he was going to be an exciting young player. Um, but hasn't he done it? And you no, know, we're, we're well into a season. It's not as if She Ojo is a, an untried teenager anymore. He's played abroad, he's played in the Championship in England. So the only conclusion you can come to is that he's not no he's not good enough for it. He, he can't or he's not got the mentality to cut it at a club like Rangers when no when the heat is on basically like it was on Sunday like it will be from now until the end of the season I don't think Stephen Gerrard can look at Shea Ojo at this moment in time and feel as if he can he can rely on him um, to me he looks like again a bit like a Jarry. I know a is doing okay now at Redding but no Redden's a different kettle of fish to Rangers with all due respect um, he looks like no, I can a fairly typical Premier League Academy product who no, no looks good on the eye at times. Looks as if he's got all the attributes. But when it comes to the nitty-gritty, especially doesn't when, actually
0: produce. Especially when the going's good, he looks yeah, good. Exactly. Aye, but when you the chips are down, he's not someone you, you can rely on. Let's move on to our colleague Keith Jackson's exclusive in yesterday's paper. Uh, well, today's paper, but last night it broke obviously on the website. Um Brandon Barker on ten grand a week, Scott uh, revealed in that good money if you can get it, Johnny. (laughs) I I don't really know where to start. I did see a lot. I was quite astonished when I read that line; (coughs) my jaw slightly dropped. Now, I think subsequently um, there was an article that I read in the the Scottish Sun where it said he was on ten k a week in Man City. This was from an article when he was a Man City player, when he was a young player there. He had a, I think he signed a very big deal. And uh, Michael Beale has talked about how good Brandon Barker was as a kid. I mean, he was cutting a swath through um, English lower English uh, youth divisions yeah. as a kid. He was very, very impressive, and and you know people thought he was going to be a, a very, very big prospect for Man City at one point. So perhaps it's not as shocking as 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 it was when you sort of first read it, but at the same time how do Rangers get a guy that they no longer want who's got two and a half years on his deal at 10 grand a week when he's playing like a guy who could probably pick up maybe a grand a week?
1: he be as well getting Carlos Pena back, I think. Well, Johnny, th- th- he uh, had something about him that lad. For, for that kind of money. <laughs> um, listen, if that's true, if that's what he's earning, uh, I'm quite surprised by it. I know what you're saying. I know these young boys in England are on mega money. No, You hear about guys like, Tammy Abraham and all that. Even Billy Gilmore will be on a big salary. Yeah, but even before Abraham broke into the Chelsea team, I mean, he was getting contracts worth 50 grand a week and stuff like that. So it doesn't totally surprise you. But given where Brandon Barker's been in the last couple of years of his career, what he's actually contributed, whether it be at Hibs, at Preston, um, certainly at Man City, and obviously now at Rangers, no, a bit like you, I was shocked when I seen that figure, I think it was a Mark Allen signing, I have to say, I think Mark Allen would need to take a big chunk of the responsibility for that, obviously knew him from his his time at Manchester City, Steven Gerrard surprised me a couple of times this season when he's thrown him into big games, started both Porto games in the Europa League Um and again contributed very little. Uh, I know he got a wee bit of praise after the Porto away game, but I wasn't quite sure myself. And I think in the last uh, the last month to six weeks, Gerard has kind of dropped a few hints, has kind of almost gave him a few kind of dunts, as if to say you're going to need to prove to me that you're worthy of a place in this team. And I don't think Barker's done it and that's why he's not even been in the he's not been in the eighteen for the, the last couple of games. Listen, there's we spoke about it off air. There are guys there are guys at, at Motherwell and at other Scottish Premiership teams earning a fraction of that wage who are no don't just look a better player than Brandon Barker but are contributing a lot more to their teams. I mean I watched a young boy on Saturday, I was at Motherwell v Hibbs. A really poor game, obviously nil nil. But no, I watched the young boy James Scott playing wide left for Motherwell. He's a, he's a striker, but they're playing him at wide. Looks a far better player than than Brandon Barker, I have to say. And James Scott will be lucky if he's on five hundred quid a week at Motherwell. Um, so it's all about levels.
0: Daryl Horgan at Hibbs. You know, he's he's a better player than Brandon Barker. <laughs> Well,
1: but, he, listen, he certainly looks it yeah. I mean, Based on what we've seen yeah, of Brandon Barker I mean, Listen, you could drive him Aberdeen have went and get Matty Kennedy on a, on a free Pretty much um, Facing Johnson, who looks a better wide player Now, this isn't a gang up on Brandon Barker It's just, you're just looking at him Looking at his performances And thinking he's nowhere near the level Rangers need um, at this stage of the season if they're serious about going and trying to win the the title in the the Scottish Cup.
0: With regards to the other player that Keith mentioned in the story, uh, Jordan Jones, uh, or Jermaine Jones as I called him (laughs) earlier on, um, that one is probably more surprising to people. I was looking at some of the the fans' message boards and and there was a lot of people backing Jordan Jones to have a, a Rangers career. I think part of that is obviously he's a Northern Ireland lad who grew up as a Rangers fan. I think there's more of an element where people want to see him succeed. But at the same time, Scott, there's been a mood music around him since that mad tackle in the old firm game. Is there a sense that perhaps Gerard
1: made his mind up about him in that moment? Or do you think there's more to it? I'd be surprised at that. Johnny, I'd be surprised if he made his mind up just for one moment of madness. No, but
0: uh, p- p- perhaps it sealed what he'd already th- been mm-hmm. concerned about regarding Jordan Jones. I don't
1: know, I mean, I, I thought, listen, I, I was actually sceptical of Jordan Jones signing when it happened, hmm. because...
0: Well, well, listen, we talked about it in the podcast, we thought it was potential to be another Michael O'Hallor type Yeah, situation. I
1: thought it was a bit, a bit one-dimensional, maybe not quite at the level Rangers were looking at, but, no, it was a free transfer... He knows the Scottish game, clearly you know, he'd hurt Rangers a few times, hurt Celtic as well. So, no, you're, it's a, again, it's a free, so you're willing to, eh, know, to give it a chance. And I must admit, at the start of the season, I was actually surprised at how well he'd taken to it. I thought in a few of the games, no, I'm not saying he was going, to, I thought he'd be a regular starter every week, but I thought he could be a good impact player. He looked good away from home in Europe. I think it was a Michelin game. Where it was, he looked, he was a real threat on the, the counter. So I thought, this guy's going to bring something to the squad. No, Gerrard, a bit like Greg Stewart, in a different way, Gerard will use him sparingly in, in certain games. Um, listen, he did himself no favours uh, by by what he did in the, the Celtic game, but I don't think Gerard would have written him off at that stage. And that's why, now that he's fit, I'd be surprised if if Gerard lets him go easily in the in the window without having a ready made um, better replacement. Um, I'm not sure about the type of team that would come in for Jordan Jones. I know Stoke have been mentioned, and that's an obvious one because of Michael O'Neill, um, and maybe something like that. If a bid came in, say for like a million or one and a half, Rangers have brought him in for free. Financially, you might be tempted just to, no, no, make a profit, make a quick profit for a guy that's that's barely kicked a ball for you. But in terms of Gerard looking at his squad and what he needs for the rest of the season, um, and the final third, I think his natural instinct would still be to keep Jordan Jones around the place and and trying, you no, know, try and get him into the team at certain points when you when you really needed him, um, unless the. Jones was poor in the Stranraer Cup game. Obviously, he came back in and played. I think he played for an hour before getting taken off. And he was really poor. But, I mean, everybody was pretty poor that night. It was a poor game. Um, so, again, t- to be written off after that, that that would be quite surprising to me. I'm no... Uh, listen, I think he would get rid of Barker now at the drop of a hat if you can get him to take him, which is a, a big question on that kind of money on the contract that he's on. But to let Jones go just now I think that would be a a bit hasty
0: So Given that these players May or may not go out We don't know what will happen Ross Wilson has a decent hit rate so far In terms of moving on Ones that have Been decided not to have a future With the club Are we still thinking That if there is a player to come in It will be someone who can operate In that Right 10 role You know as we've discussed, Ryan Kent is going to fulfill that left 10. Yeah. You've got Morelos and Defoe up front. You don't need another striker when you've got Greg Stewart there. I've, I've noticed a lot of people say Rangers could do with getting another striker in, but I just think that's mad. Um, because if Morelos is not playing, Defoe going to be playing. And if Defoe's not playing, Stewart's going to yeah. be playing. So why get another guy who is going to come in between that? I, I don't see him playing a lot of football. Even if they got someone on loan like a Dominic Solanke or someone like that, Where's he actually going to play? He's not going to play ahead of Morelos So um, forget about it And Steven <laughs> Gerrard would be, I think, ill-advised To try and change formation too much at this stage of the season Yeah. Um. So so I, I think that's a non starter But where I do think If Rangers could get an equivalent of Ryan Kent On the right That could make a massive difference Cost you £7 million though.
1: No, I mean, but it's... even on loan,
0: you know um, yeah. th- I think the crucial thing is this year, Scott 11 o'clock the English window shuts 12 o'clock the Scottish window shuts you never know what can happen in that hour when yeah. players who clubs are desperate to get out because they want to get their wages moved on, perhaps a deal could come up there. I
1: think he'll want I think ideally now, after the the start they've had to the kind of post winter break with these games, I think Stephen Gerrard now will want an attacking player coming in. Um whether he can get somebody who primarily plays on the right. I'm not sure but he'll want a guy who can maybe play across the kind of front line no can maybe or can play left right maybe even get through the middle if he's get if he's get pace when when need be um but I think he would certainly like another option in that area of the pitch and for me and I said this last season as well I think he'll want I don't think he'll want another young boy in loan, Johnny for a Premier League club who is coming in is going to be hit and miss. No quite sure whether they're up to the level, no quite sure whether they can handle the environment. No playing at a club, I think you want a guy who's basically been kind of around the block and kind of uh, and you know what you're going to get from him. No, no, a bit of a kind of maverick, a bit of a guy, no, maybe a bit you don't know what you're going to get. Well, I've just said you want to know what you're going to get from Fee's experience. but I, I, know, mean, I know exactly what you but mean. I mean, in terms of his ability on the pitch, he you know, mm. might just do something out of the, out of the ordinary. Um,
0: like a, what is it, Tarabat? Tarabat? Ariel Tarabat? Tarabat, yeah. Tabrat yeah, Someone like that, yeah. somebody a bit like that.
1: Just a bit of a map, just to, you know, give the punters a lift, again, going into the, you know, the a business end of the season. No, these guys are difficult to find, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's easy. Um, An Elhage, Jouf type? Well, Jouf did that job, no no matter what you think of him, at that time, what was it, 2011 Mm. he he came in, at that time he did give Rangers a lift, gave the fans a lift, was that kind of maverick type, got people off their seats, Um, no, that kind of bad side to him as, as well, didn't he play brilliant? All the time, a lot of time it was on the bench and coming on to make an impact. Somebody like that, I mean, I know I've mentioned uh, Ben Arthur the day on, on social media. He was just one that has been in my mind for a while that Rangers, you know, knowing that he was a free agent, it'd have been interesting to see if Rangers looked at that, you know, looked at the prospect of whether they could afford that. I'm not sure what kind of deal he's getting now at uh, Real uh, Valladolid. But a guy like that, who can just produce something out of nothing. I think at the latter end of a season, you need a couple of guys like that. And I'm not sure. Listen, Rangers have got Mirelos and Kent who have shown already they can come up with big big moments. Um, but I think Gerrard would want to be top-heavy with those type of guys if he can be getting into this, this stage of the campaign. So it'll be really interesting to see No, what other guys go out the door before Friday and crucially, whether he can get another one in.
0: Okay, a few questions now from Twitter uh, and we'll go straight to your old da, Scott. He's asking, given... Hope hope it isn't (laughs) him, (laughs) old da. Given Fodringham is out of contract in the summer, do you think Rangers will go and buy a new goalkeeper or will Robbie Robbie McRory be able to fight it out with Alan McGregor?
1: I think Fodringham will, will be here at the end of the season as backup. McCrory's obviously out on loan at Livingston. Um, my gut feeling is at the start of next season, McCrory will again go out to a Premiership club for another year's loan, uh, just as the last part of his development, which means Rangers only to sign a backup to Alan McGregor because I expect Fodringham and, and Jack Annick to go at the end of the season. Um, but I think they would get a guy in, maybe an kind of experienced guy, to come in for a year as McGregor's number two. Another year loan for McCrory, but the following season, I fully expect McCrory to come back and, you know, if not replace Alan McGregor, certainly certainly challenge him for the number one.
0: Difficult one, Scott, but uh, this is from Sean, and he's asking, How many points are needed, in your opinion, from now till the end of the season to win the title? I think Rangers are on course for something like in in the mid nineties, given where they've been performing so far this season. If they if they keep it up, I suppose it's a question of how many points can they can drop? Drop exactly. That's. that's Celt- Celtic c- aren't looking like they're going to drop many, especially against no. the, the the teams uh, that Rangers have kind of struggled against. Celtic have have, have had more joy going to places like Tynecastle and. Yeah. Dispatching Ross County without even really looking like they're but, breaking a sweat. Yeah,
1: listen, Celtic have got two away. Rangers, everybody was going on about how Rangers have got this run of home games coming up and how that should give them the advantage in the, the title race. But, no, with all due respect, Rangers have got Aberdeen at home on Saturday, which is always going to be a tough game, no matter what. Um, They've just had hearts at Tynecastle, so Celtic... No, Ross County on Saturday, St Johnson midweek. Um, sorry, St Johnson at the weekend. Is it St Johnson midweek? Yeah, St Johnson at midweek. And then Hamilton at the weekend. No, away games, yes, but with all due respect, I'd expect Celtic to win those away games pretty comfortably. I think Rangers have got a tougher game at home to Aberdeen. Um, so, you're right. Listen, Stephen Gerrard's no daft. He said last week. Um, I think it was in our back page in the the Sunday Mail that basically the team who makes the fewest mistakes now will will win the title. It sounds like an obvious thing to say, but he's right. Both of them will, are going to win the majority of their games. It's the the points that they drop that are going to be that are going to be so crucial. Um, and it's difficult at the moment to see exactly where Celtic are going to drop those points.
0: Agreed. Um, we've got one from C 72 Nice and easy um, Do you think Gerard can sometimes Be a bit defensive With his team selection And worrying about The opposition As opposed to Thinking about Rangers This is something I thought Scott uh, that, that he was Possibly guilty of A little bit Last season Although well, I have to say This season I think With his Increased confidence In the quality Of his squad I don't think He's been quite So guilty of it
1: No I don't, I don't think so I think that system that's so ingrained now with the you no know, the three forward players and the two attacking full backs. Uh, I don't think you can say he's defensive and even even in the three man midfield, as much as we've been uh, we've accused him at times of playing too much behind the ball, but you know, he still played guys in there like Arfield and Aribo who uh, who are attack minded um, and who can play further up the pitch so no, I, I don't think so. I mean, listen, I'm on here saying on on Sunday when the game was at one 0 Rangers could have shot up, shot and threw on another another centre back and tried to see it out. If anything, no, they've maybe been guilty of that a couple of times.
0: Uh, another good question from the same guy he's asked who starts for you at right back on Wednesday Patterson or Polster Flanagan's been usurped completely <laughs> from that, that list but I think that's fair given his performance yeah
1: listen I think it'll be Polster um, I he think, was good
0: wasn't he when he came on yeah
1: I think he'll play I think he'll make three changes um, Ryan Jack's going to be out so Scott Arfield will come in in midfield I think um, Morelos will obviously come in for the four, and at right back I'd be amazed if Polster doesn't come in, he's, listen, there's no going away if he looks far more comfortable in the ball, no, far more comfortable getting into forward positions or attacking areas uh, than Flanagan does, and I thought it was a decent cameo for fa- poster. Uh, I mean, he's another guy that people have spoken about leaving this month because he was kind of seen to be surplus to requirements, but he certainly did himself no harm uh, with his performance on Sunday coming on.
0: No, I thought he was excellent in that second half. Uh, he really looked good going forward. Some looked confident. And he, he brought Joe Rebo more into the game. Yeah. Uh, and he had a couple of nice combinations with him. Rebo was unlucky with a shot that just curled just past the post. And he was very tidy and energetic. And at least he had that forward drive about him, which you just don't yeah. get from Flanagan. He no. just looks uncomfortable. So I, I would definitely play him. I do think that young Patterson... Is a really good talent, I foresaw him in a youth game uh, earlier on this season, and, I, and he immediately stood out to me, but I think it 's a bit unfair throwing him in at this specific stage of Rangers development yeah. under gerard it 's so pressured and you don 't want a young kid making a mistake and then finding out that it ultimately ruins his career. I just think you have to look back to Miles Bierman and that rash tackle he made against Celtic. <laughs> That was uh, Pedro Cushina throwing him in. Uh, or was it murty at the time? I can't remember. It was one of the two of them. And, you know, Bierman was never the same again after looking quite good for the first three or yeah. four games of his Rangers career. So, yeah, I think... No, I, listen, you've I You've got to be careful.
1: Partison's a really good prospect. Um, I'm all for young players getting a chance. But, no, Polestar has played for America. No, he's played in MLS. He's been part of this Rangers first-team squad for a while now. He came into a, you know, a really hot environment on Sunday, um, no, a really frantic game, and actually, as I say, looked comfortable in the ball, comfortable in possession, brave on the ball. As you say, got a rebound into the game, uh, so I, I think he's uh, no, he did enough on Sunday to, to earn that starting slot on Wednesday. Final question, Scott. This is from
0: uh, your namesake, Mister Scott Cameron. He's asked, do you expect Doherty to come back into the 18, given Gerrard has said he only missed out due to Jack's excellent form? We've discussed whether or not we think he's the natural replacement for Jack, because he's got that engine, he gets up and down. Is this, given Jack's going to be out now for a couple of weeks, the opportunity for
1: him to come in and show that he can be a Rangers player? Well, I mean, it might it might just make Stephen Gerald Gerrard have a bit of a rethink. I mean, I think we all accept that... Uh, Doherty was set to go on loan this month because he's hardly kicked a ball, he's desperate for first team football, a few clubs interested, so I just wonder now whether Gerard will look at Jack injury, you know, looking at Kamara's performance on Sunday and think, Pff, am I being a wee bit rash here, No, sending him out, when he might just give us a bit of drive, a bit of energy in, in the middle of the park, even if it is from the bench um, no you have to say a game like Sunday at Tynecastle would have probably suited Greg Docherty more than it did Glenn Kamara uh, given his his performance so um, I think Gerard Delivari think possibly now again that's going to be real interesting between now and Friday what he decides what he decides to do whether he decides to keep Greg Docherty hanging around I don't think he'll want to keep him hanging around if he knows in his mind that He's not going to get again. No, if he's if he's decided that he isn't going to get, he isn't going to challenge Camaras and Haribos and Arfield's for you no know, for that extra place in midfield. If you think you no know, Jack and Davis would probably be the first, two of the first names in the team sheet, then for the sake of Greg Docker, his development, he'll want to let him go. Um, but given what's happened in the last the last few days, an injury to Jack, that defeat. Kamara's um, performance he might just think again
0: Right Scott final question it's just come in from Sheppi I just want a one word answer to this Right He said with Rangers midfield underperforming at the weekend could now be the time for Carlos Peña to make a return to the club and lead us to 55 No <laughs> There's a shocker I was hoping for the yes he's given me the no Sheppi you know what I think you don't need need me to say it of course Carlos Peña would come back and provide the impetus in that number ten position,
1: a oh, bit Herrera get Herrera, but well, we, they need a, a <laughs> they need a target man up front.
0: Nah, th- I think that shit might sell. Let's be honest, <laughs> right? We're going to call it a day there. That's been uh, the Record Rangers podcast for today. We will be back next week. We might even be back earlier. Let's just wait and see what comes from the transfer window. In case it's an incredible signing, I think then then we might just come back and have a wee chat with you. Um, until then thanks for listening you can obviously contact us via twitter Uh, i'm at johnny r McFarlane. scott's at scott mcdermott eight and uh, if you could do us a favor by popping onto itunes and giving us a five-star review that would be terrific as that gets us to as many listeners as possible on that platform which is the main podcasting platform until next time thanks for listening